This is the Shogun Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Shogun Chapter 2, Servants of Two Masters. What did you just say? Exactly what you said. I will translate without prejudice. Well, seeing as you're so bloody honest, perhaps you would do me the courtesy of telling him we are enemies. Tell him yourself. The Japanese word for enemy is teki. Gesture at me and say the word. He will understand. I may be your enemy, John Blackthorn of the Erasmus, but I am not your assassin. And you will do yourself. Welcome back, fellow warriors, to our Shogun podcast on TV Podcast Industries. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow warriors. I am your other host, John. Welcome back. We are on to Chapter 2, Servant of Two Masters. Yes. Uh, again, building on the themes uh, that we've just discussed in Episode 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, again, another uh, really interesting episode. For absolutely. Me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Again, this episode directed by Jonathan Van Tulliken and uh, written by uh, Rachel Kondo and Justin Marks and released on the same day as all part of an epic event uh, over two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's about it's two and a half really a uh, good yeah. amount of bang for your book here. Yeah, absolutely. John, do you want to give us the synopsis for Chapter 2? Sure. Blackthorn's arrival in Osaka stirs up a hornet's nest of rivalries. Mariko is trapped between her cause and her faith when she must translate for the barbarian in Lord Toranaga's custody. Hmm. Yes. Like this. Absolutely. You know, I think this is really good. I think, again, this is really building on sort of the influence. You know, we get to find out more about the influence of the the church here in Japan and, you know, in, in a sense, a bit more of the shadowiness of, of it. Uh, but also, you know, we do realize here that Blackthorn is kind of in custody here with um the the court of lord toranaga but you know is in effect his pawn he has you know seen uh what this man potentially uh is able to do that mm-hmm. will help him so he, he he is being used here Absolutely. and i think this is to a lovely point that happens when um John Blackthorne is in prison, mm-hmm. and he's in prison with another priest here yes. uh, as well. So, um, yeah, some really interesting stuff here, uh, which uh, I think I can't wait to get into with our top Bushidos. Absolutely. I want to talk about uh, one thing quickly at the uh, at the opening here, which is the opening credits and the music uh, for this episode. Opening credits, very reminiscent of some of the big HBO shows, things yeah. like The Last of Us or Game of Thrones, uh, as we see w- what looks like the country of Japan in the uh, in the in the sand and movement uh, across all of Japan. Uh, music here by Atticus Ross, uh, Leopold Ross, and. Uh, Nick, Ch- Nick Chuba, uh, Atticus Ross, probably most well known as a member of Nine Inch Nails and worked with, uh, worked with, um, Trent Reznor on multiple scores, things like, uh, Watchmen that we covered, uh, yeah. on, on the podcast, uh, movies like Social Network, uh, has just worked 
so well in these types of scores in the past. So uh, a great opening score and a great opening um, titles now for the episode. We didn't see them in the first episode. I uh, just saw them here in, in this episode. So very cool. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Ascus Ross, really, really good. And you have here as well them referencing those sand gardens mm -hmm. uh, that we see um, in uh, Japan with the concentric circles yeah. and so on being done with the, the, the galley of John Blackthorn are on it yeah. uh, and the different islands, um, the Kes Sansu gardens, mm. which I think kind of translates to being sort of dry gardens or a dry kind of vista or landscape yep. of some description. Uh, and used quite well later on in the episode as well. Well, exactly. Yeah. And that's the other interesting thing here is that we have um, it being used later on. Mm -hmm. But I think we should get to our Bushido number one. Absolutely. Two masters. Yeah, yeah. This is really interesting is that we see a lot more about the Catholic Church in Japan. We see a lot more of the control that they are asserting. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not that they're trying to take over Japan. It's not that they're coming there for power. They're coming there for wealth and a new support system almost for uh for the catholic church it's like their uh, their pipeline to gold um yeah, I think but it, it's it connected to power yeah oh, of course um, and first we, you get the money then you get the power yeah, yeah um you know <laughs> later on we do um you know we do understand um that maybe it's just a slower process here uh for them or whilst they may not outwardly project it mm -hmm inwardly and in terms of the deal with spain on carving up the new world yeah they own this part of the world which includes japan in their mind absolutely yeah, yeah. No, exactly <laughs> yeah very very fundamental to uh to this story and what's going on i suppose you know that that is the thing it's the it's the money creates the power and creates the perversion of some members of this council as well. So uh, that's what makes it interesting, the people that are starting to align with the Catholic Church and starting to align against the people of Japan, you know? Um, that's that, that's an interesting story that's being told. And Terranaga is not aligned to the Portuguese. He's not aligned to the Catholics. He's not aligned to any other faith. He's aligned to the former Taika and his wishes, you know? Um, Absolutely. If, if he had gotten his way, the Taika wouldn't have died and they wouldn't be in this position where he's the leader. The Taika would have been able to hang on long enough for his heir to take over. And that, no, I, and, and everything could have stayed, you know, as it was. But Taranagan is also someone that has to now navigate this new world of Japan with all these extra threats. And, and interestingly, yeah. you know, we see that even, you know, a couple of the members of the Council of Regents also are... Um, Christian mm -hmm. uh, Ashido isn't by the looks of it which seems to be like the de facto kind of leader sort mm. of the nominated spokesperson the, certainly the loudest voice there yeah certainly um, <laughs> in terms of the dealings with Toranaga mm. in the council yeah um, so yeah you have this infusion of um, converted people throughout the court here mm. including at the highest levels um, and you know the interesting thing is we have Rodriguez from episode one sort of getting a bit of meal some food and some drink with some of the the the, the priests and um, you know ha giving him the orders that he found on the galley 
to on John Blackthorne's galley. Yes. And this is where... And John's aware he has them. We didn't mention in the last episode, but that was kind of the reward almost for him uh, saving Rodrigo's life is that he showed him, I have these, you know, work out a way to stay alive. You're probably not going to find a way to stay alive. He's, he's warning him in advance of him handing over these orders to... Uh, yeah, to the, because yeah. these are... These also make reference then to the secret base of Macau. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in this world, you know, the geopolitics of it, that it's a secret military base where you have uh, Japanese um, Christians, yeah. Catholics, yeah. Uh, and the Ronin who have in the past this base has been used in internal conflicts within mm-hmm. Japan. So that's the thing. Yes outwardly not so much having designs on japan it's like oh we're just trading with them yet inwardly you know the third heart the secrets that is that they have put uh, converts to the faith in places of power Mm -hmm. so that they can manipulate in that way exactly you know so uh, it's just really interesting and i think you know that's a a country level here and at a personal level we see this then in marikau um who's asked to translate for um Lord Toranaga uh, in his dealings with um, John Blackthorne, mm-hmm. but also to make sure that the Jesuit priest, yeah. uh, so the priest who's come from the Society of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, is telling Toranaga exactly what John Blackthorne is saying, which you saw the Toranaga is effectively getting high fidelity between this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, and nothing's been hidden from him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that, you know, we kind of saw, uh, in the same way that we saw back in Ajiro in the village when, when Lord Yabashiga first meets John Black, mm-hmm. the, the, the priest there, not, there's no trusted translator there. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, this is of huge importance. Uh, but at the same time, there are conflicts here for Marikau because we see that it is this Catholic priest from the Society of Jesus who mm-hmm. is translating to uh, Torananga and um, he has also taught Portuguese to her and um, you know is influential yeah. knows the customs this is the interesting question mark with Mariko um, about where her loyalties lie Absolutely, um, because we see this throughout that she is adamant that Blackthorn should not be trusted. Um, yes. Because um, of him personally. But she will make sure that the account, uh, the discussion is faithful. Um, so we do have the fact that Blackthorn uh, and the priest are quite clear that they are enemies. You know, so this is something that comes out here. Oh, absolutely. This is such an important scene. Uh, and again, really important for John uh, as a character himself. Um, because, you know, you mentioned back in Azura Village and how the translation went there, where John could hear that the priest was translating it to get him to be executed. He could hear that the words he was saying were not being uh, transferred to um, Yobashiga. So, having this moment where a priest is talking to him, telling him, I'm going to say these words to you, and here's a way that you can communicate exactly what you want to say. Tell him this word, which means enemy, and point directly at me, and he will know you 
are my enemy and I am your enemy uh, and I will translate every other word that you say and he does to completeness he does translate what John Blackthorne is trying to say and it's a great moment for him because it's a, a, the first time he's able to have a real conversation with anybody in Japan and here he is with the ear of Lord Taranaga yeah and um, I mean it's he, a massive moment yeah and I mean yeah. you know they're nervous as hell that the secret of Macau will get out mm -hmm. you know and this the, but the other side of it and I, I think you know this probably comes into Bushido uh, number two you know Blackthorn here you know, he is in Lord Toronaga's custody, but Blackthorn, the pawn, mm -hmm. he is the pawn on the chessboard here. And um, because I love that in this interrogation of this, um, you know, this finding out of information, mm -hmm. Ashido intervenes, has come to Toronaga's, um, quarters in Osaka and is asking Toronaga quite clearly why you're spending your last few days interrogating this this Westerner mm -hmm. and it's a barbarian yeah you know it's a fair, effectively a barbarian um and it it is you know it's twofold um it it's the Toronaga has claimed Blackthorn as an ally in a sense Little that Blackthorne realizes that, but it is effectively because he's using this barbarian to sow division between Ishido and then the Christian uh, regents of the council. Mm -hmm. uh, because, as we learned from the last episode, he will be be impeached when he will be overly exposed effectively then to the will of the council. Yeah. Um, so that may mean execution and, mm -hmm. um, you know, charges of treason, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, but and to, more importantly, losing all his land and all yeah, his people. Yeah, absolutely. But to um, impeach him, they must vote as one. So he is trying to sow division here between the Christian, non-Christian regents on this council. Yeah. Um, and it's just really good. I mean, in the sense that, you know, he's claiming him, but at the same time with Ishida intervening in these discussions and asking why, he's like, Oh well, you know it's it's official business, really. You know his ship were, came ashore here, and in the end, he says, "But I'll send him to prison." Yeah, and he goes to prison, and mm. you know it's a deflection of Toronaga, so that he keeps um, the scent off what he is doing. Exactly, and it's just really good. I love all this kind of. Uh, manipulation being done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, just the, the intrigue of what's happening in court is so good, isn't it? Yeah, I, re I really like this. And again, what's echoing back on 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 Mariko from the discussion that the that the priest is actually having um, on behalf of John Blackthorne. What's echoing, echoing back on her is: Can she be like him? Can she take every word that John Blackthorne says and translate it to her master? Can he trust her to do that? Um, she has to sit in on this just to validate that the conversation is passing directly from John Blackthorne to uh, Taranaga, but she also has to start questioning herself as to whether she can do that since it goes against her Catholic religion. The things that he's saying may be things that might upset the apple cart, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, but it's an interesting question for her. And on the other side of it, we have a moment with her with her husband uh, and her child where yeah. her child's asking her about uh, who this barbarian is uh, he's explaining she's explaining and having a bit of fun with her child and then her husband comes in 
massively annoyed that she's taken up this position working for uh, Toronaga. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, certainly a happy marriage, it does not seem. No. Um, very right tense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, her general husband, um, you know, he, he's in T- Toronaga's uh, army. Mm. Uh as opposed to her more specific husband. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> her husband, who's a general. You know, is not happy that she's been asked to meetings by Hiramatsu mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So, yeah, really interesting here. Yeah. And I think... It's quite a significant position to be in, you know, having having uh, Mariko yeah. there in, you know, that conclave. We saw what happened when one member of his clan crossed the threshold into a court here yeah. in Osaka. So she's being asked to sit oh, in on these without knowledge, without his knowledge. He wasn't asked first for yeah. his permission to have her there. There's a lot of tension between them for uh, for the invite from uh, from her lord. Uh, well, that's it. Mm. I mean, I, th- I think the interesting thing here as well is that in prison, uh, Blackthorn is in a cell with another priest who really doesn't seem very fond of the Jesuit order as mm. well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in this, the, the priest... Um, is really telling him that he doesn't know the games that are being played and um, of which he is a part of absolutely um, yeah, yeah and you know he he talks that the the portuguese priests are plotting not only the demise of toranaga um in order to have the ascendancy of christian regents in uh, the council and on the council but also with blackthorn uh, because you know to keep the the secret of macau so what he says is that the truth here is that the role of these priests in inciting rebellion um uh, when their trade is threatened and that ultimately uh, he he's talks how the Jesuit order doesn't care for the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just trade, you know, kind of interesting, the different subtleties of the different orders, I Absolutely. guess, and their focus or what they're known for. Yeah. Um, and so actually John Blackthorne, in a sense, when he is rescued from execution mm-hmm. from prison, is quite well informed as to the the current situation. Interestingly, it's Yabashiga who saves him from the execution squad here. Well, but, hires the mercenaries to save him, hires the then mercen- kills the mercenaries yes, to protect exactly. that information. Yeah, but Ooh. at the order of Lord Ishido, mm-hmm. because he we see. Um, him being visited by Lord Ashibo, and you're going, yeah, but okay, he is um, Taranaga, Taranaga's ally, but you realize that they were brothers in arms in the Korean War, and mm-hmm. they discuss, um, you know, the barbarian, and that the reason why Taranaga has him around, you know, the, his hatred for the Portuguese and b- the belief that Christians will be the next battle that mm-hmm. happens um, and uh, believes that Ashida will have to contend with these Christian lords on the council in terms of Ono, uh, the guy who's kind of behind the textiles because he has leprosy mm-hmm. and uh, Kiyama who is one of the major um, 
Christian regents on that mm. council and is the one that looks to get John Blackthorne, the heretic, executed. Yes, and, and Kiyama is the one that's driven by greed, is how he's described yes. as well, not just as he, that he's Christian, but he's also the one driven by greed. And I suppose importantly in this kind of conversation that we have between the two of them, it's it's also about um, the fact that Ashida has already signed the orders for the death of John Blackthorne. Yeah. This is the plan of uh, Yabushiga to get him out of that, <laughs> effectively. He's like, well, I can do something that you, you can wash your hands completely yeah. of. You weren't involved. I was just in the right place at the right time is the way that I could say it, basically. So he is aligning himself a bit more towards Ashido, even though he's supposed to be loyal to uh, Lord Taranaga and they have their own battle between the two of them. Yeah, no, so, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Well, like, what is what are the complexities? What's the reasoning here? Mm-hmm. Um, just to say as well, I think, before we go on to Bushido 3, um, the other member of the council is Sujiyama, um, who is also a Christian regent as mm-hmm. well, but it is Kiyama that is seemingly the main Christian player here. Yes, but Sugiyama is more known for the fact that he's the samurai, he's the warrior, he's the one yeah, that, exactly. you, uh, that that will take care of business, I suppose. Uh, all of them have their own interesting details about them. I think we'll find out more about that council as the, as the episodes go on. This is the central point. It is called Shogun. Uh, these five are battling to become the new leader in some way. Exactly. Um, so I, I like that there's you know, in some senses, there's this tenuous um, alignment of the other four versus uh, versus Lord Taranaga. We saw the flashback at the beginning of the episode to the funeral of the Taiko, where we realized that one of his plans was actually to hand over the power to his trusted aide, uh, Lord Taranaga, where he would take over until the air yeah, was ready to go. It would exactly. just all be given to him. And he said, no, he said, absolutely not. But well, I, I, I liked but, how he put it. He refuses because he doesn't want to unite his enemy. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But it is pretty clear that while that is an offer that Tycho makes, it's almost like I'm I'm offering it one more time to you. He knows that Terranaga is not going to accept that. He knows that he won't become the leader. So he yeah. already has fully written down and in place effectively. So he already had it written on the card, but wanted to do it one more time. Maybe Terranaga. But will it seems like there's a closeness there as well because yeah. it is Terranaga who is um, asked to stay when the rest of the court uh, are asked to leave. Yeah, you know, and it's He's interesting. Said, I did get the sense from lady ashiba of you know a a a, a royal side eye uh, from her as uh, he is remaining by the taiko's side well so again is that one of a knowing side eye as in you know she realizes that Toranaga is the one that will maintain this legacy mm-hmm. or is at least the one most trusted to do that. Um, or is it, what's he doing? <laughs> you know, just yeah. to see it as friend or foe in that instant. But it's just, you did get a good deal of royal side eye here. Yes. And, and one of the other things we learn as well is that the Tycho kind of still uh, Taranaga's wife. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a conversation between the two of them again on his deathbed where he's saying, you know, in, in, another li- in another life, in another time, my wife could have been your wife. The two of you had that relationship. And I do wonder if that's maybe part of that kind of side eye that's being given. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, definitely clocked something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. again, even whether the air is possibly Taranaga's. There you go. So, could be that. You know, yeah. interesting 
But I, I think that moves us on to Bushido 3, and yes. it is... I, I've called this um, a child in the wilderness, and mm. it is referenced to... Um, the priest's warning in jail that when he tells Blackthorn, you know, you, you don't know or understand their games. And he kind of inwardly just sort of uh, says he's a child in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, uh, bright eyed, bushy tailed, yeah. but green as they come, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you, you, you hear that from him that, you know, I've seen people like you being in this prison many times and it all ends the same way so it is the games of the lords of japan Mm -hmm. and you know part of that is information and we see yabashiga um you know once he's brought john the barbarian to toronaga uh toronaga wants to learn more about his customs Mm -hmm. his country's customs but also um learns more in the Japanese sand garden about how Spain and Portugal carved up the new world. Oh, and it, yes. You know, it yep. was just so sort of tense and epic. You see kind of the anger rising in Taranaga as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, John Blackthorne is saying how everything this side of the line, Portugal will rule mm-hmm. and has the power. And that word triggers the the idea that they are being ruled yeah. is deeply offensive absolutely here. and and also it's it's i suppose the way it's delivered by john because you know we've had the conversation between uh through the jesuit priest earlier on beforehand we had mariko translating every word that he says and then he's asked to draw the world map and then he's asked, and next time I want you to come back and show me the bases of uh, of the portuguese and john stops everything and goes effectively draws a line down the center of the map that he just drew and said over here that's everything portuguese and right there that's japan so he's able to get across in that moment exactly why he's so aggressively against portugal and why him being an enemy of portugal should be a benefit uh, to toronaga and is also able to get Lord Taranaga riled up about the idea that this foreign nation has decided yeah. without even setting foot on their land that they own it because they well, saw they, it on a map and drew a line down it's it. Almost, yeah. it, it's almost, it's, it goes with the best assassins um, of Japan that, you know, the priests have infiltrated um, Japanese society mm-hmm. um, and are inwardly turning people against one another and I, that's why you know i love that taranaga kind of says what do you seek and he just says to vanquish our common enemy mm-hmm. and there's this feeling that you know for taranaga is like but you're gonna lose all they know are the portuguese yeah. they don't know about you know other countries including Absolutely. you know britain in this moment and yeah. like and he goes oh you're just going to lose he goes maybe unless i win exactly. or he says something to that effect yeah. and it and yeah. you see the sort of recognition of defiance mm-hmm. that actually maybe Taranago also inwardly has yeah. um towards this notion of being a loser or the potential for loss to lose in this um in war yeah absolutely you know and strategy yeah Um, i I like that from john john's attitude is well you're not going to know if you try if you don't try and what if i win yeah exactly (laughs) and it's almost like you almost think you know how not this sounds a little ruder than it's meant to but it's almost like you know have the laws of japan 
been playing with themselves or between themselves <laughs> uh, too long yeah. to understand this external threat that's come in, mm-hmm. um, in, in the way of the Portuguese uh, by way of the priests. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems that Toranaga has an innate understanding yeah. of that. Yeah. But doesn't realize to what extent they have done that yes, with I, Macau and this insight. He doesn't know the details, but he yeah. knows there's a threat there. Yeah. He absolutely is aware of that. And he's seeing it again. It's not like he didn't know the five council members or the other four council members um, before they were all working together. He probably had quite a lot of knowledge of them, but as he's seeing them convert to Catholicism, as he's seeing more of that, the connection with the uh, with the Portuguese coming through in the council, um, I think he's really feeling the danger that's there. Uh, seems like a very smart um, tactician. Um, we've seen that from his interactions with the other characters. Uh, seems to kind of want to be one step ahead. And maybe that's the other way he can use John Blackthorne here. He can use him to get a further step ahead of his rivals as well. So to keep himself safe. And again, his ultimate purpose to keep the air safe until the air can take over the throne in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and with that information, John is retained in, in the household of Toranaga mm-hmm. uh, so that he can provide more information the following day, but is, is given the, the quarters of Toranaga to yes. sleep in. And Taranaga sleeps where John Blackthorne would do. And we have this sort of great assassination attempt, um, which Taranaga understands was aimed at John Blackthorne, mm-hmm. uh, not at him, uh, as we have this uh, assassin, uh, like excellent scenes, love just Absolutely. how she moved through the, uh, the building. Mm-hmm taking out the soldier yeah. with the the little hand knife mm-hmm. um and but then Toranaga being the lying in wait and effectively a slice yep. and a, a punch of um then his katana as she sort of goes um falling into one of these sand these dry gardens yes and, very good uh, it was just so yeah. it was really good it, yeah it's just this, this murderous traitorous assassination attempt mm-hmm. from uh the lord kiyama um from from the counts yeah absolutely absolutely a great a great way to uh to end the episode and show the real threat that's there um that john blackthorne poses to uh to this uh this tentative alliance let's call it for the for the council uh yeah really really good um any any other notes any other points that we hadn't talked about john um the only other note here is to talk about the black ship which is one of the trading ships of the portuguese Mm. where taranaga does not allow this ship to depart from japan so it's all been loaded up with goods and trade yeah and but is not allowing it to leave because of the information Mm -hmm. um given to him uh by blackthorn yes very interesting yeah and also he's the head of international relations yes he's effectively the foreign minister yes in this court um so he he has uh the the power and the decision making over allowing the ships to leave mm-hmm. in order to have the trade. Yes, you suspect there's more to it. 
uh, though, once again, with uh, with Taranaga, it's, it's maybe yeah. he's maybe a couple of steps ahead uh, in his planning as well. It's also one of the excuses he uses as to why John Blackthorne is there is because mm-hmm. he needs to know this kind of stuff because he's head of international relations. Exactly. I only have one other note that just expands a little bit on what we learned last episode about uh, the bloodline that Taranaga belongs to, which is the, the Minowara um, bloodline. The explanation that they give in the episode effectively is that it's a bloodline that, that leads to Shogun, which is the ultimate rank a mortal can achieve. So that bloodline were the last of the Shoguns. So uh, the show is called Shogun. There are five people fighting over for the right to become or to attain that highest level. So uh, you suspect that since there's a lot of connection to uh, to traditions through the religion, through um, through Shinto, uh, there's a lot of connections to the ancestors that that is a path that uh, Toranaga could be going down, claiming his bloodline and becoming Shogun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, an, an intriguing one. And again, expanding on everything, you know, this is one of the challenges this has. You know, we mentioned last episode that in James Clavell's book, it's a huge tome and, you know, presumably goes into a lot of detail about Japanese culture from this, this perspective. And, and it's it's difficult to get a lot of that across in a TV show and an adaptation. So drip feeding the elements that are really important to us as the episodes go on is also pretty important Absolutely. so we can we can all learn along with uh, along with the characters uh, who everybody is and who the players are uh, something that they really again accomplished really well in this episode something that that's working so well for me with Shogun uh, loving learning about uh, all these interrelationships and all of oh, the absolutely, uh, yeah. all, all, all of the different groups that are in here uh, as, as the show expands uh, John do you have a rating for this episode? I do it's four and a half heretical heretics Ooh. out of five very yeah. good who will rid me of this heretical heretic I like it um, again I just really enjoyed this I like how I can see how the and I can see how and why these were put together to come out as one mm. you know, it's really leaning into um, sort of the politics of court the politics of globally of something that a lot of them don't know about or understand this agreement between Spain and Portugal yeah. uh, but also the rise of um Britain effectively as a seafaring nation mm-hmm. and the challenge of that to the Spanish and the Portuguese you know so like this is all kind of nicely sort of playing out this this geopolitics of how you know the world's um sort of evolved in a sense in terms of countries and nations and power plays and yeah. um, but i like how it also then goes to sort of the personal trials of miracle mm-hmm. um, and her relationship with her family her cause but also her you know her religion absolutely of, of 10 years yeah uh, again, the machinations of the court, you know, mm-hmm. has this led them to be blind, um, to the threat of the Portuguese priests? Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're in know, fighting, there's something going on over in the other corner. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. to what extent will Blackthorn, um, sort of how the opportunity, the, the opportunisticness of Blackthorn and what it might provide in terms of opportunities mm-hmm. for Blackthorn and, and Britain, you know, in a sense, uh, happening here. So like, it's all really intriguing. And I just love the, the web that it's weaving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also love not knowing how it all turns out. 
Um, Absolutely. I'm so glad I never read that massive book. Um, And to be honest, I I I certainly don't remember the 1980 um, miniseries, Mm -hmm. thankfully. I do remember watching it, but I remember at the time probably because my mum, like, like you because my mum wanted to watch it and maybe wasn't quite as interested in it as I should have been or I didn't follow it close enough because it's like well I shouldn't be interested in the same things as our parents (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it fed into that wider interest of um Japan really it was so much more complicated though wasn't it It was five episode miniseries which in the US was on every night of the week and when we eventually got it if you miss a week, that's it. You're done. It's 1980. Yeah, it? absolutely. We certainly didn't have a video recorder even at the time to record it. So uh, if you're right, so you would have to have sat down and watched every episode yeah, yeah. of the five episodes to gather the story. And the story is epic. It's very oh, massive, detailed. Yeah. So uh, I don't know whether my mom ever got to the end of it and watched all five episodes of the show, but I certainly remember her uh, sitting down in front of it going, oh, there's that nice, nice Richard Chamberlain <laughs> in a new story <laughs> set in Japan. Uh, so I, I had, I definitely had that moment, uh, but we only had four oh, channels, Richard so you Chamberlain. kind of remember all of those things. Everyone, qu- Everyone's knees quiver. A quiver. Um, I yeah. almost called him Richard Clayderman, the other Richard uh, that was very popular back in the 80s. Anyway, I think that's it for our coverage of Shogun. Uh, chapters 1 and two. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us for our epic beginning of our epic podcast about an epic TV show, Shogun. We hope you're going to join us each week uh, for our coverage of Shogun. But we do want to hear from you. You can email us with your thoughts on any of the chapters to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. There's a spoiler post up there for each of the episodes uh, that we've covered so far, and we'll have one up each week uh, as the episodes are released as well. Yes, absolutely. And please uh, support us. You can subscribe to the podcast on any good podcast player of your choice. Please raters, reviewers, uh, share the podcast because, of course, sharing the podcast is sharing Sharing the the love. love. Of course. Uh, And, of course, we are over uh, on patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries Mm -hmm. and buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI where you can uh, support us there if you so choose. Absolutely. And if you want more podcasts from TV podcast industries, loads going on at the moment. We're just covering uh, some very diverse stuff at the moment. We're covering uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, season three, the final season uh, of Star Wars The Bad Batch Yeah, uh, at the moment. A couple we, of episodes into that one. We've just finished our um, coverage of Marvel's Echo. Yes, we have, the beginning of the month. Um, so that was a really interesting show. Yeah. Something actually that, that struck me in this episode of Shogun, I know it's, I know it's, the shows are completely different, but because that show we dealt with a person who was deaf in, in Echo and they they made choices of dropping out the sound to show her experience, I really liked in the second episode here as John is is speaking through the Jesuit priest and talking to uh, Lord Taranaga, um, the Jesuit priest's voice or translation drops out yeah, and we're left absolutely. with it looking like a conversation directly between the two of them as we're sitting there reading the subtitles anyway. Yeah. So um, so I, I loved that choice that they made in here and it did remind me of Echo, how they made those choices when people were talking in ASL between each other uh, or 
there's fight sequences and we saw through Maya's experience in those episodes. So anyway, that was just a connection that popped up. But we have all of those episodes available over on tvpodcastindustries.com, along with over 800 other episodes in our 10 years of podcasting. Absolutely. But we will be back for more episodes, which include next week as we chat all about Shogun Chapter 3. Tomorrow is tomorrow. I hope it's tomorrow that we get to watch the episode. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much, fellow warriors, for joining us on our epic journey into the Shogunate of this series, yeah. Shogun. Uh, lots of Shoguns there. Yes, there is. But until the next time, of course, keep watching and, of course, keep listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.